This is the JFG Conspiracy Podcast, where the shop talk is rock. I'm Jim. And I'm Frank. And I'm Sherry. And this is the JFJ Conspiracy Podcast, where the shop talk is rock. And once again, we have a special guest, and Jerry is absent. So, uh, Jim, take it away. Okay. Well, this week we have Sherry Kaplan-Weinstein here with us. Sherry, thank you so much for joining us on The Conspiracy. And, thank you. Uh, famously with the Pandoras and uh, many, many other bands uh, here in L.A. And so uh, glad you could join us this week and, and talk, about, uh, talk about your time in the Pandoras, but also talk about what you're, what you're doing uh, currently great yeah i'm excited very good <laughs> well let's let's get to the beginning of, of where this started your uh your your desire to pick up the sticks and pound things and make noise um were drums your your first choice for a instrument actually i played piano when i was in fifth grade for about a year and a half and I, I mean, my piano teacher said I was, not, you know, pretty good, natural, whatever, but he would fall asleep during the lessons, and I really <laughs> hated, and I hated practicing because piano just got kind of boring, mm -hmm. yeah. and um, so I stopped. I mean, sometimes I would mess around on it a little bit, but I can't, I can't even remember how to, <clears throat> excuse me, read music, so, yeah. I mean, I could play for Elise. <laughs> well, that's a good one to know, actually. <laughs> so, so that. And then, um, well, and then what happened was um, in junior high, I started getting, you know, your kid, you start getting into music. Like my first favorite band ever, right, Backtrack, fifth grade was the Beatles. And, you know, you go to, you ride your bike to licorice pizza or whatever, and you, you, you start like really getting into the music. And, and um, then seventh grade rolls around and I started getting more and more into music, just listening to music with friends or whatever. And then in eighth grade, I think it was eighth grade. Yeah. Fall of eighth grade. Yeah, I don't know. nineteen. 1980 so I'd have to do the math I'm pretty sure it was eighth grade I would my best friend my best friend um who's now my best friend but at the time she was just a friend uh took a bunch of us in limousines to see the cars in concert oh, with the wow. motels opening up at the LA sports arena nice. so it was my it was my first concert cool. and well technically Beatlemania was my first like whatever but this was really my first rock concert right and I was, you know, it's funny. I was like in seventh grade. I think I even had written on my notebook, the cars suck. Like I hate the cars. <laughs> like I was like anti. I was like, this sucks. And then, you know, how people would do that. Cause I was like, you know, Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin, like whatever, the feathered hair. And then I went to this <laughs> concert and maybe like a week or two before the concert, they were, no, it wasn't a week or two. It was like, maybe like that right then they were on the tv show fridays mm -hmm. so i taped it on our vcr and i started watching it and i was like mesmerized by them and i went to the show 
And I was like, it was like something struck my heart, like, which I can't even explain it. And I was like obsessed with the cars. Like anyone who knows me from junior high, even a little into high school, I was like, that was my band. So how it relates to drums, um, I was just always tapping. Once I started getting into the cars, I had I had chopsticks from Chinese restaurant and I could play along and like I kind of I heard it like I could hear like okay that's the that's the you know that's like the kick like I didn't know it was called the kick but I just knew what it was right. kind of and um then I started riding my bike to guitar center and um and various music stores and in fact i remember being with a family friend in goleta near santa barbara and we went into a music store and i asked him i said can i can i try the drums and he said sure so i sat down and i i like felt it and i go oh this must be that this oh sorry my dogs are coming in the room this must be that sound <laughs> and so i um I kind of, and like even the guy in the store is like, oh, wow, you, you've got like a natural, you know, feel. And I was like, thanks, like, you know, this is eighth grade. So flash forward, this is, this was kind of my, what I would do once in a while, I would go into the music store and I'd, I'd sit down and I would jam and I like always heard it. Come 10th grade, um, I was at a friend's house at a party and she had a drum set. And, but she was too busy being on the phone with her boyfriend. And so they're like, come on, Sherry. This is the best friend, my friend, Susan. Come on, Sherry, you can do it. And we played, we played Stop Your Sobbing by the Pretenders in the Encino Hills. (laughs) And (laughs) that was actually probably the first time I played in front of anybody. I was in, I didn't even have a drum set yet. Like I was just, you know, we're in 10th grade and I just sat down and, I was kind of cool. Yeah. And um, so I started putting the bug in my parents' ears, you know, and my friend was encouraging me, you got to get a drum set, you got to get a drum set. And it must have been, I don't know the exact month, it was either in 10th grade or 11th grade that my parents said they wouldn't let me buy a drum set because they said they thought I would give up on it like I did the piano. Right. But they said, you can take lessons and we'll see if you stick to it okay but what happened was not only did i take lessons the best friend susan her mom bought me my first drum set and i paid her back with babysitting money and then one day i just kind of like walked in and said oh by the way and it was like it was a crappy set but i kept it at her house and i would play it and um so yeah i took lessons for like three months and that was it and I, I on your way yeah I was just well I, I I never like I I had a hard time like sitting down and playing like all the like rudiments and I just right. didn't have the discipline to do that that's what I was gonna say did the did taking the lessons actually get in your way of what you felt was good playing you know part of me wishes I would have kept up the lessons right but on the other hand, 
what I did was how I really learned how to play was I took once I, the drums were moved into my house, I had, I would, my parents were actually really cool. I'd say, I'm going to play drums. They'd say, okay, just shut the doors in the hall. And I would get on and I'd put on my headphones. That was like with the cord to the stereo with like the record. Right. They were all like stacked up. And I would put on like I, you know, the cars. I, I played, you know, front to back, all their albums. And I would play along to bands that were kind of mid-tempo songs that I liked that I could, you know, do it. So I got so the good thing about that is that it taught me uh good time. So I you know, that's one of that's one of my things. I'm I'm solid, especially recording, like it's not a problem for me. I've like a like a metronome in my head. Mm-hmm. Um and I think playing along to those records was key for me. Right. It's interesting you bring up recording. I want to get back to that. Um Okay. Because that's something I'm very interested in. But I know uh, Jim's trying to go chronological here. So we're in 11th grade. Okay. And I don't want to jump all over the place. So no, now we're in high school. High school. And is, is there a band in high school that you join? Or are you still um, just jamming with friends or something? Kind of jamming with friends. You know, my friend Susan, who was in the band, I thought of the band name. Like we had like this band name. I thought of it, but I wasn't good enough to really be in the band called Glitter Symphony. I I did record with them, and that might have even been before I had my own drum set. No, I must have had my own drum set because I recorded it with them. But it was and what God, what I would do to find that demo? Yeah. Um, it's like it doesn't exist. <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually recorded in high school, and I remember taking it um to my like it was in eleventh grade and like to my biology class and like letting people listen they're like oh this is really good but in in retrospect it was my drumming was not great but it was pretty good for a beginner I mean I was a total beginner I didn't know what I was doing and I remember them saying like oh do you want a click track and I was like what's that like I didn't go there um so first band that I ever actually played live was um, that was like a real band where I had rehearsals and stuff with Feline. Yep. The new, the, but not the original Feline. It was kind of a. Um, Which is the band I know. actually saw, but not, not with Sherry. I saw them prior to you joining, I guess. Um, if you saw like the metal version. Uh, they were, yeah, they were kind of metalish, I think. Yeah. But Debbie was, was the, Debbie was the singer at the time. Yeah, that was the version where it was Debbie, Lisa Black on guitar, who I was later in Hardly Dangerous with her. Um, was was and Kira maybe playing bass for them? Bambi was on bass. Oh. But then who knows? Like, I don't know how long people were in that incarnation, but I, I know they, I think they played with Guns N' Roses at the Troubadour. That was the night I went to see them. Interesting story. <laughs> it was it was packed out and it was so hot and smoky in there. Uh, right before Guns N' Roses came on, um, I told my fiance at the time, I said, you know, Guns N' Roses plays all the time. Let's just, let's just split out and we'll, we'll, see, them, we'll see them another night. And right, I think it was like right after that, they got signed. They never played out again until after Appetite for Destruction came out. So I never got to see them. Oh, but, wow. Uh, did see P-Line. That's- <laughs> 
That's funny. Yeah, and Casey was on drums then. She was, who was actually the original drummer of the Pandoras. It's all very incestuous. Yeah, Casey played on the Pink album of the Pandoras. Right. Um, So, yeah, so Feline, so I was away at college. Um, uh, I went, fall of 85, I went to UC Santa Barbara for two years. Not a bad place to be. Yeah, it was fun. And I, you know, I, the only thing is I couldn't really play much. I didn't have my drum set. <laughs> and I, um, I don't know if it was like over break, something happened. And maybe it was over the summer before going back to fall of 86, probably. I was home and I was going to a lot of clubs. And we, my friend Susan and I ran into Debbie Diamond. And she asked her, she's like, hey, you know, Sherry's a drummer. I'm a bass, you know, Susan plays everything. She's like, I could play bass, the guitar, whatever. Do you want to like form a band with us? So we started hanging out and we're like, well, let's just call it Feline again because it's a great name and we'll get all new people. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I was literally my second year of UC Santa Barbara. My classes were Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I would drive home after my class on Thursday and I would go home for the weekend and I'd have my band practices. And um, then I'd come back like on, I don't know, Monday night or whatever. And I just sort of, start, sort of started detaching from being away at school and actually uh, applied to transfer back to LA, so. Very good, very good. Now but that you, was a you said that was more of a pop pop it was like right? yeah it was like a pop rock version right that's on my youtube page i have some of our shows on there if you wanted to look at it i'll definitely go look those up my youtube yeah my youtube is my name sherry capital weinstein and and sometimes i post post old stuff on my instagram um but uh yeah so those those were fun days and then um I ended up transferring. I tried to get into UCLA and I, I got rejected. So I did one semester at CSUN, Cal State Northridge. Yeah. And by that time I was in, um, I was in feline doing, you know, at college, living at my parents' house, blah, blah, blah. And, um, right around then that's when, I guess Karen got kicked out of the Pandora's in um, in what was then August or so, July or August of '87. And I, you know, you it's hard to remember, but I remember hearing about it and blah blah blah. Um, next thing I know, I'm at CSUN. I had applied for UCLA. And I got accepted for whatever reason. It was easier to get into UCLA from, from a state school versus the UC. Okay. And I had gotten accepted and I was like, woohoo. And I get a call, which is a whole nother story, but I get a call um, somehow from Paula from the Pandoras saying, hey, you know, we've got this drummer, but we're not really happy with her. And, you know, do you think, but we're keeping it quiet. Do you? think that we can you would be interested in coming down and auditioning 
So I said, I was like, oh my God. And I'm like, she's like, okay, well, we'll call you in like a week or something. And then I never heard. And then all of a sudden, she's like, Paul's and she's like, well, do you think you could come down tonight? And I was like, yes. Okay. And I'm like, what do I wear? And I'm like, do I have to dress 60s? Like, what do I wear? She's like, no, no, no. We've changed our image because it was like the Electra years. I mean, they were signed to Electra. Right. And apparently they were, Paula had seen me play. There was like some all-girl band showcase at Club Lingerie and Feline was one of the bands and I guess some of the Pandoras were there like scoping people out I don't know and um you know Paula was like that kind of scheming or whatever and (laughs) um (laughs) and so I like I mean I can remember what I wore to the audition it was at Dave Nasworthy's house I don't know if you know who that is no, he, not familiar with him. Dave Nasworthy's like from the kind of punk, LA punk scene. He was in The Last. He was in Chemical oh, People. Okay. Oh, okay. And he let all the band, like the Pandoras rehearsed at his house. Red Cross rehearsed at his house. All rehearsed at his house. And then in the later years, L7 rehearsed at his house. Mm. The Muffs rehearsed at his house. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. Cool. Dave. Um, Dave's a good guy. Yes, he is. Oh, Dave's awesome. <laughs> so. Um, they're like drive to this house, you know. There's drums there, or whatever. And I remember, I, I remember, I like walked in and and um, they they I sat down and they they told me they said we have this girl. She's the new person after Karen, but she doesn't totally fit in. And now she wants to get paid for shows, so we have to keep this quiet because we don't want another lawsuit because Karen was suing the band. <laughs> And, um, so I said, Oh, okay. You know, whatever. I'll be quiet. No worries. And I jammed and you can tell when you audition for a band, you can tell when they like you, you can tell when you're the right fit because you start playing and then you watch their eyes and they're all smiling and kind (laughs) of nodding. And that's what happens. It's, 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 and it's a good feeling. And I remember I was so, I remember Kim was like, ooh, I like your boots. Like I had these like pointy, <laughs> pointy patent leather boots that had like skull. They were like from Nana, you know? Right. Like they were like, pat. they were like kind of that like glam, I don't know. Kind now of were you, were you a Pandora's fan? Well, you know, what's funny is I, I saw that Pandora's, excuse me, I saw the Pandora's First time I saw the Pandora's was like maybe 1984, 1985, with Julie Patchouli, whatever year she was in it. Yeah. Um, I saw them play at like the, the I think it was called the Beverly Wilshire. No, the Wilshire's. All the, I don't know. I forgot the name of it. But the, some call, some club that's no longer there on Wilshire Boulevard. It was like a theater, and I saw them, and I remember seeing Melanie like. In the dressing room, I was like, oh, who's that? And they were really 60s then. Right. Um, I heard them on K Rock, on Rodney, like the early, early, early Pandora's, like the records. And I was like, right. what is this? But <laughs> then as they developed and like Stop Pretending came yeah. out, I really liked that yeah. album. Yeah. In fact, when when I my freshman year at UC Santa Barbara, I was a DJ at the college radio station, KCSB. And um and like late night shift and I that album had just come out and I remember looking and I played You're All Talk 
so I knew some of the songs so I was like yeah. oh yeah you know so I I wouldn't say I was like some fan but I knew the the band and I had seen them and in fact I had seen them very recently I saw them open up for Dramarama I saw them open up for Jet Boy at oh, nice. the Whiskey like I saw them probably five times before I was in the band um and the last time I saw them they like I was just wowed by Paula's stage presence like yeah. I was like this woman is a star like woman, right. this girl's a star <laughs> so well she had the personality that's for sure she stage yeah. presence yeah I don't know if you guys ever saw the band live but never got to see him live no. yeah only uh only uh, video footage yeah she was she was character <laughs> we were very tight um, so yeah, I got in the band and it was, you know, I remember coming home and they, they were like, don't tell anyone, blah, blah, blah. And then they, then they, I think Paula called me. I don't know if she called me. I mean, when Paula called me at first, I was kind of starstruck. I was like, right. sure. from the Pandoras. Cause like, you know, you, it was so different then you, you, you know, you, you'd hear them on K-Rock and then you'd see them in a concert and there was a lot of people there. And, well, there's no social um, media and all, all that instant stuff. You yeah. Know, it was either you either saw them live, like you say, at a club when they came out or on stage. That was, or that was about it. You don't run into somebody at Winchell's Donuts. You know, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Winchell's Donuts. <laughs> and um, so <laughs> I, uh, what happened? So I, I remember I, I I like told my parents once I got in the band. I told my parents. I I said I have. They're signed to Electra. Like they 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 told me. They said you got it, but you have to quit your. You have to quit college because we tour. We make records, and I was like, okay, <laughs> so, you know. And my parents, who you know, like I just grew up in the valley. Nice Jewish girl from the valley. They, you know, who like college was very you know, it's important. part of our culture. And it was sure. part of our culture, kind of. They <laughs> said, if you, and I I found out how to do it. Like if you, you could withdraw, because I was already accepted to UCLA, I right. could withdraw and I, I could go back within a certain amount of time. Right. And so I told them, I promise I will go back, but I have to do this for myself I have to see what happens because if not I'll always regret it and they, they agreed and they, they let me do it wow and well, it's um, a, a fantastic opportunity to jump in a band a signed band on Electra and be able to to tour and do that that's yeah and so one in a one in a million shot really it was it was incredible and um my first show you know then we started rehearsing five five nights a week every night so i became i got to be very close with these girls very quickly um our, our my first show with them was in arizona it was out of town and and then san diego and like i signed my first autograph you know out of town <laughs> which was like a you know you go and people the fact that like we went to arizona and people knew the band and were singing the songs right. you know and then people showed up. I had never experienced anything like that. And um, now, now, how are your folks with you getting up and taking off for the band? 
So they were, you know, it's funny because with the band, well, I, let me add that a month after I joined the band, the band got dropped. <laughs> so I dropped out of college. Right. Okay. I Here I am, dropped out of college. Our A&R person, who is also Paula's boyfriend, as I'm sure you heard. Right. Um, yes. With Melanie a couple weeks ago, yeah. uh, you know, was like, ladies and gentlemen, walked in one day and goes, I was uh, fired from Electra. Merry Christmas. I was fired from Electra, and my two bands, you and Jetboy, have been dropped. Right. And Jetboy got signed to MCA, but he had different yeah. plans with us. He, we went, we, whatever, we did this, this out, this EP on Restless Records. Mm -hmm. which they were excited. They tried to switch a negative into a positive because they wanted to record with me in the band because, you know, my drum style was different or whatever than yeah. the other drummers. And um, so we just, we just, it, we got to work. It was, you know, my parents, I worked part-time at a place that was very flexible. We rehearsed all the time. The band I feel like my life was the band right. um, and we were, we always said we were band sisters. Like we, Paula would sleep at my parents' house, like weeks at a time. They finally had to say, Sherry, we love Paula. She's so sweet, but she, um, she can't, she can't, um, sleep over every night we're feeding her you know she eats them <laughs> she would just walk in and like be like hi what's for dinner you know because that's that was who Paula was and we would get in trouble because we'd be giggling you know we'd be up till like all hours of the night and she'd right, be sure. telling stories of like her punk rock days and going to the mask and all her boyfriends and this and that and her sexual escapades you know <laughs> and here I was this you know 20 year old turning 20 21 year old being like wow yeah. Um, and then when I went on tour, which we started doing like all these mini tours where we go up to like San Francisco for a week or two and I just, you know, I just did it. And then, um, we had our big, our record came out and we toured it to support it. And we went out for two months and then came back for a month and then went out for another month and I look back, like, I look back on my life that some people did, some people were in a sorority, some people did a semester abroad, or they did a um, semester at sea, they lived in Italy, whatever. Well, right. I say, I went on, I went on tour. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, did you, uh, did you get outside the U.S. when you toured, or were you? Um... We did, we did U.S. and Canada. In Canada. Very cool. Yeah, U.S. and Canada. Right. Any, uh, any favorite place that you played? um well some shows stand out for me like new york city we we opened up for johnny thunders that was amazing wow. the 930, yep. yeah the ninth the 930 club was amazing every time we played um in washington dc um we played oh in canada we played uh at this place called le fufu electric in <laughs> montreal and like right. the and that video is on my YouTube page. Like we were interviewed on Canadian MTV, which was called Music Plus, right. and it was like packed. And 
you know, fans. It was like one night would be like Spinal Tap, where you just be like, God, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where you think, you know, there's like, you know, 50 people there, and it's like, and it's cold, and you're you get sick or whatever, and you start to fight with the band. Um, did you guys did you guys have a tour bus or were you on? Yeah, was it like a band tour? We were in on the two month leg of the tour. We were in a motorhome that okay. we called that we called Moho, <laughs> and we all had our little spot. Like I was, I was in the back. There was like a back, like queen size bed thing that we would all hang out in, and that was where Paul and I slept. We had like a little like curtain, right. <laughs> and then Melanie and Kim were in the bunk beds, and then our tour manager was on this bed by their bunk beds, and then the driver would drive, and then the, but then Moho broke down, and we were in a we were in a van for part of it. Yeah. Broke down in Alabama. I I fortunately on that part I kept a tour diary, so that's why I have oh, a nice. lot of memories. Very good. And um, about how long were your uh, sets when you when you're doing these tours? Most of the time, the sets were like an hour to an hour and fifteen minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, well, maybe it was an hour and fifteen. Some places we had to because they were like certain shows. We had to do two sets oh, a couple wow. times. And sure. those were brutal. Yeah, those were brutal then because you'd be like, oh my God, like two 90 minutes sets or something. Those those were like, like I remember my fingers were like just raw yeah. and I had to tape my tape my hand up. And you know, you'd have it where you'd be, you're on the road every night. You'd, you'd get sick. You'd have a cold, but then you'd have to play. Right. You you know, at the time you'd have your, that time of the month or whatever. You would just be like, oh. Yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of one night stands then. No, not for me. No, <laughs> well, just plain, plain, plain wise. Oh! <laughs> not those kind of one night stands. <laughs> not those kind of one night stands. But yeah, but play, uh, play one night though. in one city, and then you're off to another city, off to another city. Yeah, but then we'd have days off, like you know, like in Minneapolis, we we had like, which is all in my tour diary. We we had a couple of days off. So like we do laundry. I always like to explore the city. Sure. And Paula usually did too. So we would go and like wander around. Sometimes Kim and Mel would do, would do it too. We'd go or like we would trade who we were rooming with. So like, which was great. Cause like, you know, after being like three nights in a row with Paula, then I'd be like, Oh, I'm Kim's roommate. You need and break. then we'd have our own little dialogue. <laughs> And then it'd be like, oh, now it's Melanie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it got, it was fun. I mean, it was just crazy. Like all the shenanigans and the antics. We used to like prank call people. We would call, <laughs> we would go get in that like phone book and look through the phone book and just prank call people, random people, people back home. <laughs> and it was. That seems to be a like a, a common theme. Melanie mentioned that also. That, yeah. That maybe Kim mm -hmm. was Kim was maybe the instigator in a lot of prank calls kind of thing. Kim was an instigator, and then when I joined the band, I was like a big instigator too, because <laughs> I kind of have the same sense of humor as 
Kim and um, Melanie and Paula with like this like kind of like crazy sense of humor. I even we even prank called Karen. <laughs> she wasn't in the band anymore, and I had this character that I used to do. I pretended I would was looking for a musician out of the recycler, and this character, and I'd say like, "Hello, Karen. Yeah, this is just Tashian." And she'd be like, "Oh, hi." And I, I mean, we ha I called her a few times. And I said, "I'm yeah, I'm looking for a bass player," and she was uh, staying on the phone for a while. You know, oh, what kind of music? And I was like, oh, we're, I'm looking for like John Cougar, you know, little, little Brian Adams. And like, she did not know who it was. That's well, maybe great. she did now, but like, we laugh about it now that I actually played in the Reformed Pandoras with her, and I've been in another other bands, and I'm very good friends with her now. But you know, <laughs> it's a good thing we didn't have Funny. caller ID back then. You know, you, right. You know, Get away not with even, those kinds of things. No. Not even Star 69. Not even Star 69. Yep. There's a prank call on my YouTube page where we, Paula prank called, Paula, it's on there under the Pandora's. It says like prank call or something. Paula prank called this fan, this like mega fan that we have, Bill Farnham. He's like a, mm -hmm. the king of GBGs, like. Which GBG means? <laughs> it doesn't mean girl band groupie. It's a girl band. Girl band geek. geek. Yeah. Yeah, I invented that term. By the was way, was that you? Okay, yeah. the first time, uh, first time I ever heard that term was uh, Kim used it in a Muffs interview, and she said girl band geek, GBG. and I thought, oh no, she's talking about me. <laughs> I'm a girl band geek. Well, no, yeah. she probably <laughs> called it a girl band geek, but I called it GBG. Like I don't know GBG. that I. She might have said GBG. She might have said, yeah, GBG, like they, she probably said, but, oh, there's these girl band geeks, these girl band geeks that come. And I, when I joined the band, I was like into acronyms. So like everything was an initial. Okay. And um, wait, does initial mean acronym? Acronym, yeah. Um, and <laughs> and <laughs> so I started, so I got GBG. Well, I yeah. want to share a little too much information at this point where I came from. Where I used to work, GBG was gay boy gangsters, and they were a, a real prison gang. Oh, and oh, shit! They were some, and that, yeah, they came. They were some bad boys. Let me tell you. <laughs> wow, that's way off topic. Yes, it is. <laughs> when you that's said crazy. that, that's like I was like, "Where are you going with this, Sherry? Where are you going with this?" So. <laughs> no, as soon as she said GBG, I knew exactly what she was talking about. Yeah, girl band geek, mm -hmm. and the G. There's like a couple of them that are like the kings. Kings, but anyway, there's a there's a prank. It's called prank call. I've only posted a snippet of it on YouTube because it actually got pretty raunchy. No, it's like thirty <laughs> minutes. But um, uh, basically, we were at rehearsal. Kim wasn't there for whatever reason, and it was Paula, me, and Melanie, and we. And Rita wasn't there. Maybe Rita was sick. So we got bored. Paula calls Bill Farnham and pretends to be Rita. Melanie pretends to be me. I'm in the background, like, with the, there's, you could hear the microphone. I mean, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. Right? He knew. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we had fun. Hey, let, let's Lots move, of stories. Let, let's move into the studio, if we can, just for a minute. Because okay. you being the drummer. Okay. Yeah. 
you said you don't, you know, before you didn't play to a click track or anything, but how did the band go? What was the process of recording? Okay. Uh, well, so I, the first, like, after that, my next studio experience was Feline. We recorded a demo. And again, they put on a click track in my headphones. And I was like, oh, what's that? Right. And I was like, take it out. When I, when I joined the Pandoras and when we made the Rock Hard album, it was recorded at the time on these, like, electronic drum pads with mm -hmm. real cymbals. Right. Because that way he, I don't know, it was like new at the time, the, the basic tracks. Right. And he said, you're going to have to play to a click track. This is how you have to record with this. And I was like, help. Yeah. And I had this like block in my head. And I remember it sounded like a bird chirping. It was like, beep, 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 right. beep, 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 beep. And my dog's looking at me. Okay. <laughs> um, and I really, I literally had to learn it and figure it out because we had to record all it was a six song EP. We had to get all the drums down. It was like from 10 PM. We were, it was like an all night thing. It was like an overnight yeah. thing. And I remember Kim slipped over at my parents' house. <laughs> we had to get it all down that night. And I had to get the drums. So I had to just listen to it. And he said like, okay, I'm going to have you play along to the song. Just like, you know, eventually you're going to be, it's just going to be feel comfortable. And that's what happened with me. And I had to blast it so loud. And we knew the songs. I mean, I could play those songs in my sleep because we had done so much pre-production on them that right. I could have recorded them without anyone else. Right. Um, and I just had like everybody kind of low and yeah. they count, you know, you count in and you just, did it and then I got once I got the confidence in as far as playing to a click now I'm like like I I always tell people like I love recording with the click because right. I have a good I have good click sense I guess like yeah. you know it's fun well you've got, this, you've got the timing so well on the the Pandora's on burger I'm not on the picture but I'm on four of the tracks Right. So that's like a whole other story, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I um, the three of the tracks that I play with are with a click, and then stop pretending. We just did one take of it without a click, and we just went for it, and that's the that's the track. That's what ended up on the on the yeah, record. and it ended up it was just one one take done, and it actually came out really good. So so do you enjoy? going into the studio yeah i yeah. love recording yeah. it's like because it's so it's so mental you have to like kind of get in this like you know like right. your headspace for it exactly i enjoy it a lot very good i yeah uh, i played with a drummer that had kind of the same thing like click track actually threw him off like he oh. he, he couldn't play to it. it just having that in his ear just drove him crazy you have to, I think you have to really find what works for you. Yeah. Um, because that, and that's what they did with me. At first they did like, like quarter notes or something. Right. right. So it was like, you know, so it sounded like more like a metronome. And then I had, I'm like, this 
is it working? And so then he switched it to eighth notes. So it was like, so then I, I focused on that and then I could, you know, and I hear it and yeah. And then you knew, then that also the fact that like, oh, you could punch in and fix parts. Right. Just go, just do it. Once I got over that hurdle and being able to punch in or whatever, you know, like, oh, let's fix this skull or yeah. whatever. And you play along, we're going to play. And then once you get past that little hurdle of confidence, it's just easy. Now, you know? <laughs> have you in the digital age now, have you recorded anything since then? Because. Oh, I, oh, yeah. So now, oh, yeah. You know, if you're if you're with a you know a digital DAW, you can fix everything, no problems. You you can you can construct a song with, with just a couple of bars of drums, you know. And yeah. people do. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I I haven't ever. I don't know how to record. I don't know how to like do mm-hmm. that. Like I wouldn't. I don't. But I've been on recordings where they've recorded that way. Right. Where you know you walk into some guy's house and they say okay you know and they've got their power tools up mm-hmm. okay here's your here's your click track here's here's the song sound record yeah i've yeah. i mean i've recorded since recording with the pandoras i recorded with a bazillion different other right. bands but i just mean in the, it's since in the, in, the, in the modern age yeah. i have done it it's just it's a whole nother yeah. world yeah whole nother world yeah yeah very good yeah now, Go ahead, Jim. I know I know you've got more questions about. Well, I'd like to I, I'd like to talk a little bit about the reformed Pandoras. Okay. Now I understand you guys got back together as a kind of like got together to jam, and I think you were sort of the impetus that put kind of that back together with you and I think Karen yeah. maybe and Kim, Melanie, and maybe somebody else. I think maybe four Susan. or five. Either. Who who was well, it? my friend Susan, oh, who was my friend from back, yeah, from, from the one, my original person that back in the story of how right. I started playing drums. <laughs> so basically, Kim was on tour with the Pixies. We, um, before we, mod- we remodeled our backyard, <laughs> my husband used to do, like, have parties every year for his birthday, which is in October. And this year was the year where there was like a lot of stuff on the Pandora's fan page was it was like 2013 that was very active I don't know if you guys are on there or seen it um but uh he's like my husband was like okay who's gonna play at the party where where your band Belly Love who's a band that I played with play and I'm like yeah yeah I'll ask the girls yeah yeah no problem and like you know we have the lights whatever and then I and then I was like hmm I wonder if how cool would this be? I'm going to ask individually. So I asked some of the girls individually, like, would you do a couple of Pandora songs? Would you do a couple of pa-? mm-hmm. So that's how it started. Kim was on tour with the Pixies. So then we kind of were like, okay, well, let's have Susan, we'll have Susan sing. And that video, those videos are on YouTube. There's like, I think we did three songs. We did yeah. In and Out, You Don't Satisfy. And I forgot what else. Maybe you're all talk. Maybe. I'd have to look. I can't remember. <laughs> and um, it was really fun. And, you know, the minute, I would say the minute when Kim saw that, because it was posted, 
it gave her she, she wanted she's like I want to be a part of that so it got her kind of like you know and then it got it got a little weird for a little while with my best friend and I and you know it was awkward because she was singing and whatever so we started kind of while Kim was out on tour with the Pixies I would send her I was like oh well we were secretly rehearsing me Karen and Melanie at Karen's house because Karen had drums and everything so we started kind of secretly we were kind of buttering up Kim we were sending her <laughs> I would like type out the I would type out the the lyrics the mm-hmm. song she's like why don't you send me this song and that song we like I would type it out and then I would <laughs> I would do it in a, like a word doc and I would set, email it to her and she came back and um I think was she fired from the pixies yet I don't know if she was fired from them yet by them yet but and we got together and we jammed and she was like really excited about it and then we had these like secret rehearsals that we would call salad days because it started with us rehearsing and like I would go and say like all right I'm gonna go to Whole Foods and pick up a salad (laughs) and we would (laughs) and it was like this fun little secret we were doing um it did cause tension in my friendship with my friend and um that was hard for me Right. And um I we we rehearsed and everything was secretive and we ended up recording in twenty fourteen at Jingle Town. That's when we we recorded and to this day Kim used to say, like, Oh my god, that was the most fun I've ever had recording and <laughs> it was awesome and it was it was really cool. And um yeah. <laughs> and but then, there there ended up being a little drama, right? So there were two Pandoras basically. There was two Pandoras because Susan, who is my best friend, recorded and then the tension between us just kept building and then we weren't speaking for a while and it got to be very anxiety provoking for me. Sure. Cuz I was trying to like please everyone and it was you know um so by the time you know we didn't we weren't really speaking my friend and I and it just got awkward and then um in 2015 we announced our first show so it was out of the cat was out of the bag which was the burger boogaloo and then we decided to do a warm-up show in San Diego and those are the two shows that I play with the band (laughs) very good yeah and the rest is like another story (laughs) (laughs) there's a whole other story yeah well again we're 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 fortunate that so much stuff is documented yeah yeah because yeah and I don't I don't hide what what really happened with me but with what what the reason why I didn't go to um europe and all that stuff but there's a big long story that has to do with that and i'm just really glad that i i think that things worked out the way they did and um, we're all friends and it's all good and 
um, we're all on our own little path. Right. Um, yeah. Very cool. And, and that's, you know, that's maybe the most important part, right? Everybody's cool with everybody and it's working. Everybody's out cool with everybody. Yeah. You know, things, sometimes things happen and you have to go through, you know, your own little like journey. Sure. Um, yeah. When, when do you decide or when, at what point do you think, okay, I, I want to be in a cover band? Mm-hmm. Well, I will tell you. So, you know, I, from 90, I don't know what it was, 93-ish, my next band that I was in, Hardly Dangerous, mm-hmm. that I was also really serious with, we had a development deal, Madonna was supposed to sign us, and blah, blah, blah. Right. After, when that band, we got passed on, Oh, I'm getting kicked out of the room for my husband's Zoom. So you guys are going to get to see a different scenery. Right. The cover band thing. So I was in Hardly Dangerous. Band got passed. You know, they passed, whatever. They weren't supposed to pass, but Maverick passed before they had a name. Right. And I had just literally just graduated from UCLA. And I was like, that's it. Music is a hobby. Right. I had this thing in my head. Music's a hobby. So, you know, um, I art, art history major, correct? Art history major. And I was sort of working and temping in um, the music business. And um, I ended up getting a full-time job at like a record label doing radio promotion. Right. And, nice. and it was really fun. And I was in some bands, but it was almost like the boyfriend where I would tell them like, we're, we're, we're in a relationship, but I'm not, you know, I'm not not quitting my job. I'm going on tour. Right. (laughs) Right. And so that was like, kind of like the the nineties. I was in a band called Doppelganger. I was in a band called Crush. I was in a band called Bellatone. Like I was in different bands, all original. And then I don't know when, but like, I I don't even know late nineties or whatever one of my band members from Hardly Dangerous, Lisa Black, who was also in the original Feline. Feline, yes. She, she was doing a um, kind of like a cover, it was like a cross between originals and covers. It was called Belly Love. And they had some different drummers. They kind of had like revolving drummers. It was kind of like whoever's available for the gigs. And I was one of those drummers. Yeah. And I played with them. Um, wait, let me backtrack. In 1998, I think it was, or 99, I auditioned for Hole. Oh, okay. And at, when Patty was like not in the band before Samantha, they were looking for drummers. Right. And, and, um, and I was, they told me I was number two. So I was supposedly number two for Hole. Right. Um, and that would have been like, well, you know, I'm sure I would have quit my job for that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so now that you've mentioned Hall, what briefly, <laughs> what yeah. was your experience like with Courtney? Well, I didn't meet Courtney. She was supposedly in another room watching the whole thing on video. Okay. Okay. It was at Swing House in Hollywood. Did you? Oh. Did you? So did you? Were you playing with other people in the room? Yeah, I was with 
Eric and Melissa. Melissa, um, okay. Yeah, and it was like a real, you know, where you had to fill out a form. They're like, okay, this is your time. Non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, non-disclosure. <laughs> learn the first three songs from Live Through Us. And I got, I had one, I had 24 hours notice. I was like last minute edition. And um, so I literally was like listening nonstop in my headphones. Right. It was my Walkman at that time, probably, or like a CD Walkman thing. Yep. And I was listening to Live Through This. And I even <laughs> think I rented a rehearsal studio to like go down and play along to it just so I wouldn't, you know, I would do well. And it was bizarre it was like you go you're waiting in the room with all these other girls and you're sitting there going like oh there's no way she's gonna get it she's ugly you know there's no way she's gonna <laughs> you know <laughs> and um, um so how how were eric and melissa were they were they pretty cool yeah it was very surreal and fast i remember i came in they're like okay introduce yourself there was like a camera I'm Sherry. I played drums in the Pandoras and Hardly Dangerous, blah, 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 blah. And then they said, okay, let's go. And we played, um, whatever. Go on, thank it. Whatever sure. the song's called, which I love. I mean, I love that record. And they, uh, they, we kept going. And Melissa, you know, it's funny. I could tell Melissa really liked me because she was like doing that, the, the look with the, right. the nod, like, I could tell we were jamming. Eric, I don't know if he was on drugs, but he seemed a little out of it, or maybe he's just, I don't know him, so maybe he was just reserved. Could be, yeah. And um, then they said, thank you, we'll let you know, or whatever, and, you know. So did they do it, it without me- vocals? Was she singing from another room, or? No vocals. You just got in there, played the song through, and? By ear, I sang yeah. it in my head. So I had to be like, you know whatever it was i had to have it in my head right sure so i mean the girl that the girl that got it samantha i mean she's like a schooled i mean you know i'm not i just have i have good feel so that's that's why i was number two but you know my someone who's going to be like boom and like throwing the sticks up in the air and you know (laughs) doing drum solos that's not really me (laughs) but then again i don't think that was patty so yeah you know too much so so back to you asked me about the covers how i got into covers um i started you know i met my husband in 2000 and i was i was became a school teacher so i taught first grade for five years wow and and i was really like you know your schedule's different you're waking up early and I played sometimes in that period with Belly Love doing the covers. And and I was kind of like, okay, it's fun. You know, we play, I live down in Redondo Beach, play the South Bay, it's got the party crew. Woo! Right. People like the songs, but it was, you know. Um, and then I got pregnant, I had my son, and I was like kind of doing the mom thing. Then I was in this band shortly called the Alternatrics that was like, some covers but that didn't last very long and then this whole pandora's shenanigans started up <laughs> so i was playing week pretty much weekly with them i had a lot of arm tendonitis in my oh, right arm right. i thought it was all from drums 
the drums would flare it up, but a lot of it, a lot of it was from mouse use. Yeah. And um, then I like had so like I was getting injured and blah blah blah. So sometimes we'd have to take breaks. Like right now, my left elbow is injured. Look, I drew a yeah, you did. circle around it. But that's bit? not from drumming. No, it's it's from a. I have a bone spur. Uh, <laughs> I drew a sharpie around it. Yeah, it's growing. <laughs> yeah. Is it growing? No, but it, that's the best way to tell. That's what I'm supposed to keep an eye on. Yeah, right. So, um, so I, uh, I, um, when I got like the whole tribute band thing, mm -hmm. so the tribute band, let's just say, put it like this. Um, when I didn't go to, 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 on tour with the Pandoras. Instead, I had kind of, we'll call it a reboot. Right. Okay, like a mental reboot. And when I came back out of my reboot, I had a lot of really good tools in my tool belt, and which I still do. And I um, got a, I didn't play at all. I was a little bit like, you know, I went through this period where I would have like, um, a lot of stage fright wow. that was part of what I got past with the reboot right. and a lot of anxiety like just like you know circle train circle train right. and on Facebook I saw someone messengered me and said Sherry a friend is looking for a drummer for their all-female UFO band Mm -hmm. And I wrote, oh, I'm not interested in, I don't even know who that is. I'm not, I don't like UFO. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a shot through the heart right yeah. there. Okay, I'm a big, so I'm a big so UFO said, fan. So. Oh, yeah. oh. Okay, so then, so then I was actually at a show, a Robbie wrist, you know, Robbie, right? Sure. So Robbie wrist, his like bowling thing. And he, it was like in December or whatever. And Kim, I think Kim was, might've been there too. We were there. I went on stage. That was like the first couple of times I went on stage after my reboot to jam mm -hmm. on stage in front of live people, even though it wasn't. And I was like, oh, I'm good. I, I survived. And I was sitting with Karen. And again, someone else texted me and said, are you, hey, Sherry, we heard about you. You're a drummer and our friends say you'd be perfect for this UFO all-female band that's forming. And I wrote the same thing. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not into UFO. And they said, well, you should talk to this girl, Lynn, who's like the band's manager helping them put, put it together. So, you know, I friend her on Facebook and I, I messenger her and say like, hey, you know, oh, my AirPods are dying. I'll they have a little more juice. And, um, so I go and I show it to Karen and I'm like, Karen, look. And she's like, who's UFO? I'm like, I don't know. I've heard of them. <laughs> so like, I'm like, it's some like weird, like, like, I don't know. It just, and I was embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh my God, musicians graveyard. You're in a tribute band. Like, mm -hmm. oh my God. You know, it was like kind of like part of me was like too cool for school or whatever. So then what I did was someone connected me to the woman named Cherry, who was putting together the UFO band, who's the keyboard player in my current UFO band. Right. <laughs> so we start messengering back and forth. 
I don't like UFOs, you know, she's like, well, have you heard them? And I said, no, she's like, you should really oh, listen man. to them. Yeah. She would, she's smart. She's a therapist, so she's mm -hmm. smart. She, and she turned out she lived near me at the time and we would kind of check in and I'm like, I would do a, you know, a cars tribute or this. She's like, okay, well maybe down the line, but right now I'm really focusing on putting, doing this UFO tribute and we're going to have auditions in January. And I'm like, okay, I go, well, you know, whatever. So it went back and forth a little bit. We would still kind of check in and I would see her posts on Facebook announcing the band and they announced the band name. And I'm like, really? That's the name of the band too hot to handle? Like, uh -huh. I didn't really like the name. It's like a, it's a UFO like song. Someone, yeah. but, I didn't, but I didn't know that. Right, yeah. right. I just thought like, who are, like, how would I fit in with this band? I'm, I'm, you know, at the time I was turning 50, like, right. you know, or whatever age I was. And, but then I realized everybody else was older too. Sure. Yeah, sure. And, <laughs> So they, we, we kept chatting and I, it's actually one of those weird, it was meant to be situations for me on so many levels. I can't even tell you. I was at, I was supposed to go skiing and I kept seeing, you know, this month and a half, six week period or so I kept seeing their posts looking for a drummer, blah, blah, right. you know, tempt me a little bit. And I saw that they were auditioning drummers. So I kind of reached out to her and I'm like, oh, how's it going with your drummer search? You know, like kind of keep, keep the, you know. <laughs> a little bug in the ear there. Oh, well, we're having, we're having um, auditions in January. You should really just come and check it out. She was smart. And I said, oh, I'm supposed to go skiing that, that week, but, but it's supposed to rain. Okay. She said, well, we're not doing auditions after this. If we don't find a drummer, we're just going to work with some, one of these women that we find. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. She's like, Well, have you listened to UFO? Why don't you listen to these three songs? So I like I go on YouTube and I listen, and I'm like, Oh, this is actually sounds totally different. I know that song. I know Lights Out in London. I know right. I've heard Rock Bottom. I've heard um uh Only You Can Rock Me. Like mm -hmm. I used to I knew that song, like so Doctor Doctor, like and it was it wasn't I thought it was gonna be like for me personally, like I can't stand like Iron Maiden where it's like, whoa, right. I hate, it's just not my thing where it's like real vibrato-y, like, whoa. Yeah. And, <laughs> my dog's looking at me. And so I decided, I decided, okay, I'm gonna start listening to these songs. And she's like, well, we really need to know if you're gonna do it. And, and, and I said, okay, it's looking like it's gonna rain. Okay, it's, I mean, I was like, till day of, and I literally listened to the songs when I was driving down to the audition, like maybe a little bit before and to get the vibe of them kind of like, and I went down, I was the last person and I walked in and I'm like, oh, they're going to want me. I just looked at all of them. I'm like, I can tell. <laughs> And I looked at the bass player and I'm like, cause I didn't have, you know, I'm a, I'm someone who knows all these like local girl band people. Yeah. And I'm like, what other, are you in other bands that I've heard of? She's like, well, I helped start the Iron Maidens on like yeah. one of the original things and then whatever. And she said, and I've been in the band Whole Lotta Rosie since 2004. You know, we played and toured and blah, 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 ACDC. And I'm like, oh, I did a show with Whole Lotta Rosie's once in Orange County. Mm -hmm. We opened for you with Belly Love. 
I, do you guys ever need a sub? Like, what? Yeah. I, I would be interested in that. And she's sure. like, oh, we're working in our new drummer, blah, 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 blah. So that, you know, and um, so I auditioned. And that night I get a text from Cherry. She said, well, we've made a decision and we want you in our band. And I remember getting that like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> like that ex-boyfriend feeling like, oh, I can't, you know, like, oh, what are people going to think? What are, what are the girls in the Pandora's going to think? They're going to make fun of me because like, here I am. Yeah. And, you know, I actually process, really processed it. Um, and, and I thought, you know, I, who cares what they think of me? Right. Right. Why not? Why not? And I, you know, so I, I told the girl, you know, I told him, I said, I want to like, I've never done a tribute. It's kind of weird. You know, I, I, can we have me learn the songs and like still rehearse with you guys and see how it goes and let me make sure, you know, and then I just rehearsed with them a couple of times. I'm like, well, obviously I'm in the band, like right. I'm your drummer. Right. <laughs> and so they started announcing, you know, they announced it. And my biggest, my, at the time, my biggest kind of like fear of embarrassment was with the whole Pandora's community. Cause it was like, I went from being that to like tribute and you know, it really didn't matter. And you know what? I really don't care what anyone thinks. <laughs> good outlook. It is a good outlook. And you know, and Healthy. if you're just playing out and you're enjoying what you're doing, then and I cannot what difference does you? it make? It, and for as far as like my mindset and what I went through in that summer of 2015 with a whole thing that went down with my just own reboot, as we'll call mm -hmm. it, uh -huh. um, it was the healthiest and best thing for me. And I'm so grateful for it. I am like oh, that band awesome. to me, it's too hot to handle symbolizes for me, like, you know, a lot. Right, well, and it's great. really fun to play the music. Yeah, you, you can't great go band. wrong with yeah. You can't go wrong with UFO music. That's <laughs> can't for go sure. wrong with it. Yeah, <laughs> certainly no uh, screaming like you say with uh, Iron Maiden, but the, the yeah. vocals and are then, so well done. And of course, you know how how fate how stuff works out. The drummer that a whole lot of Rosies had wasn't a match, and uh, so now I'm in that band because of my bass player. So awesome, and I love that band because I love ACDC. Yeah, now, of course, right now in our current situation, nobody's getting out and playing live. But prior, no. prior to you know, uh, how often were you getting out and playing? Oh, I was playing a lot, I was rehearsing a lot because I was in before lockdown, I was in so many different bands that I was like, oh my god, I gotta. <laughs> like right. step back because <laughs> yeah. it was like i have on my schedule you know oh monday rehearse with this one sunday this tuesday aerosmith you know and it was just getting kind of crazy yeah, that's a lot going on and now i mean who knows when we're going to be able to play again yeah i was supposed to play in arizona for arizona bike week with one night with too hot to handle and one night with a um, whole lot of Rosies and that didn't happen. And yeah, everything's on hold. 
Yeah. So, so although kind of a bummer. Yeah. seem to be opening things up a little bit. So hopefully not before too long. We might be get to see some live shows. Wait, where do you guys live? Um, I'm in the San Gabriel Valley. Yeah, I'm San Bernardino. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Sarah, yeah. I'm taking my AirPods off. Okay. Might go back. Can you hear me live? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so, have you ever seen my UFO band or any of those bands? Not yet. Oh. You're, if you're a UFO fan, you're in for a treat. It's, it's a lot of fun. It sounds like it. I'm down to go. <laughs> it's yeah. same with you, Frank. I mean, you know, the tribute band thing. I'm not embarrassed about it anymore. It's fun. That's what's important. Yeah. Uh, a lot of musicians do it. Yep. I thought, like, I really had a stigma at first. And I felt like... I felt going from a band that's like, you know, the Pandoras that have, like, this whole, like, history and being in whatever limelight that was to going to a tribute band. But man, I'll tell you, I played, I played in um, uh, Rudoso, New Mexico and Las Cruces, New Mexico in with a whole lot of Rosies in mm -hmm. September. And we played in front of a thousand people one of the nights. Sure. And I signing autographs, throwing out the sticks, you know, all this stuff that's really fun as a right. musician. You feed off the energy, you know, like high five people wanting to shake your hand or whatever. Same thing. They yep. they think look like so that is fun. It's different to be in a tribute band than a cover band. That right. there's a difference. Sure. sure. No, you're you're playing a whole set of songs from a band. Everybody that probably shows up they love that band to begin with yeah you know? and you're always gonna like like me you're always gonna get some skeptics you're gonna say well, let's see how these people screw it up you know if they don't if they've never seen the band before you know and there's there's a out at lake paris they have that uh festival where it was nothing but 80s cover bands or tribute bands i should say and, oh uh, and every every act you could think of they were out there by the lake and they, they had a, you know, and the, the tickets were 15, 25 bucks or whatever. And it's, it's fun. If, if that's your thing and you want to see, you didn't get a chance to see these bands once upon a time, but you want to hear their music. And these guys are out there playing it. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Nothing to be ashamed of whatsoever. If you, number one, you're, you're willing to get up and play in front of people. That's, that's the first thing. Um, I've, uh, I have seen a few cover bands, not cover bands, but tribute bands. Uh, I've seen a kiss, kiss Van Halen, cheap trick and a few other ones. Some people do it better than other people, but, um, some of those guys are just very schooled and very amazing players. Yeah. Well, what I do now is if I'm at soundcheck, you know, and there's four bands, I always ask the, you know, like, let's say we're playing with a scorpions tribute because that's mm -hmm. something that's something that like with ufo they'll be like oh sure. scorpions or van halen I always ask the people, <laughs> and we play with multiple different ones different names i'll be like oh hi you know what 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 bands were you in in the 80s or 90s like what and then it's fun <laughs> to hear people's like backgrounds right. sure because people have a story and like what they do now mm -hmm. um 
I feel like it's a lot of people like me they're you know I'm in my 50s and and you know it's just it, you can you can have your life whatever you whether you're have a full-time job or if that's your full-time job mm-hmm. I mean, some people that's all they do like you know the queen nation that's right. their, that's 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 their job because yeah. right. those they're out there um, hitting the circuit and they're playing, they're playing everywhere. And then you can find them almost, you know, uh, any, any given time they're hitting the, hitting the circuit. So. Yeah. And sometimes like well. the, the, like there's money to be made. Right. Sure. As a band, but you have to be good. I don't know. You kind of right. have to be good. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a whole nother <laughs> weird ball game. Oh, that's cool. Well, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to make Frank go, and we'll go see a whole lot of Rosies one night. Yeah, <laughs> you got to yes. see two candle as well. Yes, most definitely. Uh, he's he's not the UFO fan that I am. No, I have to, <laughs> I have I have to, to take him to hold him back. That's why. <laughs> you don't have to be. You could because uh, look, people see us, and um, because we're girls, you know, I hate to say it, but because we're girls, and they see us playing the UFO songs that are pretty like like the parts are like you know mm-hmm. like playing lot you know the song love to love right. sure yeah like playing that and then people pe- watching people's reaction when you you know they're like wow. when you nail the parts right and everybody's like yeah wow, awesome. like, you know it's fun so um that's awesome yeah and now it I is awesome you <laughs> i love acdc <laughs> yeah now with, with you guys play um, all eras of uh, ACDC. Yeah, you know, a lot of Bon Scott in there, this and one, Brian Johnson this, era. Yeah, we do all. We do both Bon Scott and Brian Johnson. Do you find one uh, one era gets a little bit more reaction than the other? Um. Well, I've only I've only played four shows with them, uh-huh. which is so bizarre because, like you know they say that i was the drummer they were always looking for and then we go on lockdown we had all these shows booked with me uh, yeah that's so kind of like um but i think it depends you know the hits always do well sure but then the songs the songs with the audience participation always do well like like um we do high voltage mm-hmm and we do it longer. We kind of do the live version of it. Right. Where and our singer will like she'll like divide up the crowd and be like, okay, you guys say hi. Let's see how how much better you do. And that gets a lot of that gets people into it. Very nice. I mean, you shook me all night long. They always go crazy. Sure. Huge hit. Yeah. Thunderstruck. Right. It you know it depends. Like in when we were in at the racetrack we played in Rudoso at the bike rally we played on an actual horse racetrack mm-hmm. looking into the bleachers um people like i would say all of it got good re- got a good yeah. response well i think if you're a fan of the band you're a fan of the band so it doesn't matter absolutely but... yeah and especially like the biker crowd seems to really like us yeah yeah so cool two, two good hard rock bands ufo and acdc <laughs> Yeah, and then we'll see if we get this Aerosmith, you know, we're, the band's Sweet Emotions is the name of it. We, we were, 
we were rehearsing and we were, the plan was we were going to be ready by summer to play, but now it's, you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, let's just hope they don't Joey Kramer you, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, maybe they'll open outdoor, you know, outdoor concerts first because oh. from what I've been reading, I read this whole article yesterday with a doctor. It sounds like, when you're outside with people, you're pretty safe. Right. Um, but when you're inside a room, that's when it's like, when you're breathing the air for like longer than 50 minutes, it kind of. Well, it's time. It's all it, circulating it, around. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully something will happen soon because we're all sick of being on lockdown. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Jim, you know what? Um, we better wrap this up because, uh, you know, we're out our welcome, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we need to find out, we need to find out what's floating Cherry's boat. Sorry? We need to find out what's floating your boat at the moment. What are you listening to? Oh, you got something? Um, you listen on your phone or your home stereo or wherever you listen to your music. What do, what do you, what's in heavy rotation right now? Um... I go through periods, but I, I have, I make playlists, but I haven't made a new playlist lately. So I feel like sometimes if I backtrack pre COVID, I was listening to a lot of ACDC to get the newer songs into, right. into, you know, commit them to really knowing the parts. Right. Now, if I walk the dogs, I'll put on, I have this one, it says 80s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it'll be like all stuff from the 80s comes up that are songs from my phone. So it could be something, it could be like Old Pretenders, an Old Pretenders song that comes up and then it's, and then um, a rat song comes yeah. up. <laughs> so it's like that. Sure. That's, that's been in. There's some days where I put on my, um, it's I call it it's called I think I call it punk even though it's not it's you know so it'll be like the stooges um the modern lovers and yeah. then some other bands from that kind of era David Robinson's band modern lovers David Robinson from the car is my biggest influence yep right. um and then there will then I have one other playlist that I like that's mo I, I title it modern rock which has a lot of stuff from the 90s and the 2000s. So I'll put on like, it'll, ha it'll have like Radiohead, Radiohead, um, the Dandy Warhols, oh, cool. um, Nirvana. So you, but that, you, that could be grunge, but then it's like, cause Dandy Warhols aren't grunge. So I just call it modern rock. And then sure. it's even got like, it's even got like Limp Biscuit on there. You know, <laughs> new metal or something. Yeah, and Lincoln Park because I like yeah. Lincoln Park, so it's got that. You know, um, you, you're, that's kind of my what I listen to a lot. You got a big variety jumping off there. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I go on and I go on kicks. Like sometimes I'll be like, oh, I feel like listening to Bowie, and I'll be like on a Bowie kick, or I yeah. oh, I feel like yeah. listening to, um, you know. Motley Crue, <laughs> right. and I'll listen to Motley Crue, and I'll be like, "Yeah!" <laughs> and I'm like, "This 
worked with Guns N' Roses or something. And then, and then I'll go on like the punk rock thing where I just want to hear, you know, or, or whole or whatever. <laughs> Very it's very ra- it's very rare that I'm gonna put on something super duper mellow. Right. If it's mellow, it's gonna be more like the Beatles. Yeah. Or Elliot Smith. Oh, there you go. Cool. Like very a- nice. So I'm like kind of all over the place. Yeah. As um, I think most people are. I, I do a lot of playlists yep. too. Melanie said kind of the same thing. She just goes through playlists. Depends on the yeah. mood of the day, well, basically. Here's a now here's a wrench to in the my little music thing. I remember if we flash back, I said in the 90s, I worked at a record label yes. doing right. radio promotion. So it was a techno record label. <laughs> oh, boy. So I was the girl, the drummer, who started off as the receptionist, who got the job, who was like, I don't even know this music. Like, what is, uh, I yeah. what is this? And, but I will tell you from working there and like you work the music and you learn about it and you had to learn about it and listen to it. You like, I got, I got into it. And then, you know, I went to my first sure. rave and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so some of that'll pop on some of the songs. Like if I'm on my walk, will pop on if I just listen to everything and I'll be like, I kind of go back there and I'm like, Oh my God, that's really cool. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> So, uh, well, that is uh, a lot of what floats your boat there, Sherry. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Happy to help. Very hey, good. Jim, we better take this thing home because it looks like it's lights out. Lights out in Redondo. Yes. <laughs> lights out in Redondo. <laughs> well, Sherry, thank you. Uh, thanks again so much for joining us and agreeing to, to come on and talk tonight. It's, uh, it's been a real pleasure having you on. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to hearing it air thank you (laughs) thanks for having me on i appreciate it thank you bye well i guess that means the shop is closed